0: hello saint matthew family my name is father ted sill and you're listening to our podcast saint matthew moments where we connect through catholic conversations the holy spirit has something for us today so take a deep breath clear your mind and come connect with us
1: hello and welcome to another episode of saint matthew moments connecting through conversations on Catholic life. I'm Julie Ratliff. I'm the Sunday School and Family Life Office Coordinator, and in this week's episode, I was joined by Brooke Warren, our Marriage Formation and Stewardship Coordinator, and Father Ted Sill, our Pastor. Our conversation revolved around the traditional practices we undertake during this season of Lent, which are prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. We discussed the challenges that come with those practices and the reasons why we enter into them each year. Let's just jump right in.
0: My uh, Catholic moment of the week and my shout out um, go together. Okay. And uh, The Catholic moment was yesterday when we started our parish Lenten mission, um, which you know we didn't get to do uh, last year, and it, it seems to be such uh, an important part of our you know Lenten journey or Lenten retreat together as a church. So um, it was nice to, to do that under these limitations. And uh, my shout out is to all those people who uh, came. We had nearly 100 socially spaced. And I didn't hear how many were li- you know, on live stream with us. So I'll be anxious to hear that. But I'm sure there are a
1: good number there as well. Mm-hmm. Rick, how about you? What's your Catholic moment of the week?
2: So my Catholic moment of the week is this book I've been reading called the anti-mary exposed and it's all about you know toxic femininity in the society and it's just really interesting to kind of dive deeper into what mary and her example are for us and kind of how our culture has gone the wrong way and how to get it back so that's been interesting to read and kind of digest a little Um, and then my shout out for the week is the choir at mass yesterday I was telling Julie before we started that I don't we don't usually go to 10 a.m mass we're usually 8 a.m mass so we don't get the choir and this weekend we happen to be at 10 a.m mass so we got to enjoy the music and everything so that was wonderful
1: well thanks yeah the choir is very small right now I think yesterday we had one of us on each part and that's pretty much what it's been since we've started um, singing again at 10 o'clock mass and we're all socially distanced in the choir loft and you know, being safe about it, but it is fun to sing. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. Um, my Catholic moment of the week is uh, that I started a 54-day novena, rosary novena, and just making quality time for that, like, because I've, I've sort of, like, decided I was going to do, like, a gospel reflection in the morning, and then at night before I went to bed, I would do my 54-day novena rosary, Far too many times recently that's been like at 1130 at night, which is not like the best time of day to really be present and really, yeah, it's just been making that time, but also assessing like what changes I might want to make so that that can be more fruitful for me. Instead of just sort of like, okay, I checked that off my list of things to do today, really have it be something that's leading me to a deeper um, experience of Lent. So today's topic um, that I thought would be interesting for us to sort of chat about was these practices of prayer, fasting, and abstinence that um, we as Catholics enter into every Lent. So I've also been thinking like how I'm not a good faster. Like I am somebody that particularly like Ash Wednesday or Good Friday when it's time to like really like fast from food and in an intense way, I do not find that it leads me to greater holiness most of the time, that I actually find it makes me irritable, I snap at my family, and, I, and rather than just like saying, well, I am I stink at fasting, like I've been contemplating like how can I make that more fruitful for me and actually lead me to holiness rather than lead me to sin. So what's that your experience of fasting like?
2: <laughs> how
1: are you guys at it?
2: I also stink at it. <laughs> I struggle especially when it's food to fast. Um since coming back into the church, it's only been maybe 1 year that I've actually technically had to fast cuz I've been pregnant or nursing every other time. Um so, but it's hard and I my husband will fast all day. Like he doesn't eat anything until like dinner time. And he's fine. He's cheerful, he's whatever and i i need how do you do that how do you separate yourself from like that feeling of oh my gosh i'm so hungry and now i'm cranky and oh, i don't know no the wonder is so
0: skinny i <laughs> <laughs> explains it yeah i i was thinking about the uh, fasting and, and you know i can go some days without thinking about food i'm so busy i'll have breakfast and then I'll, it won't be until evening time when i eat But I make up for it in the evening, (laughs) uh, those calories lost. But on Ash Wednesday, it was hard for me. And every Ash Wednesday it is because then I get to the evening and after everything's done and you want a snack, you know. And I keep telling you, you can't snack, you can't snack. Um, But again, I think that does bring to mind, well, we, we need to take that step to get us beyond the fact that, oh, I can't eat, to, oh, I'm hungry And this hunger should remind me of the greatest hunger that I can have is for God. And that's a hunger that will be satisfied for all eternity. So Mm -hmm. it's a good reminder. I think the church puts on us. It's only two days really. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And offering up your like hunger. I struggle with that too. You know, to like, what can I do to make this beneficial for somebody else? Um, My mother-in-law is really good at fasting for a purpose. My husband's grandmother was ill with cancer and in the hospital and suffering. She fasted the whole time she was in the hospital for her and just kind of uniting her suffering. And I think maybe giving it a purpose might, (laughs) and a bigger purpose for us might help. I don't know.
1: Recently in one of the Damascus Alive videos, Father Dave Pavanka gave a testimony. He was talking about, I I don't even remember, but the thing that I took away from it was that all throughout his day, he has like this rosary ring that he, as he's going throughout his day, he's just praying, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. And I just was like, gosh, if I could on those days when I'm fasting, really be praying along with it so that it's more about me bringing myself to him rather than me sort of like picking myself up by my bootstraps and saying, I'm going to do this thing and relying more on his strength to do it rather than my feeble human strength, which doesn't go very far, you know? So one other thing that um, we've sort of been talking about with when it comes to fasting and prayer and almsgiving is that maybe setting a realistic expectation for yourself. Almost like, instead of like, uh, like if you decide you're gonna pray a rosary and you've never prayed the rosary before, I mean, it'd be a great thing to like, to pray a whole rosary, but it might be better to to pray a decade of the rosary as a starting place. And then as you get further into Lent or whatever time of your life that you're in, you add to that because you've developed, you've started to grow that habit of holiness. I don't yeah. know if, either, if you have any. Yeah,
2: I think that that realistic side helps. We this Lent have decided that we're going to do the chaplet of divine mercy on Fridays and a rosary on Sundays as a family. And it's been really helpful that it's not every day because we've tried to do every day, (laughs) just, especially with little kids, it doesn't work. Um, And just realizing that it might not be perfect. It might not go as you planned it. You might have to stop in the middle with little kids, especially and do deal with a crisis, but getting it done just spending that time together as a family and it's, I feel like easier to set aside time when it's just one day that you have to do it. Um, And the chaplet, I feel like is a great place to start. It's small. It doesn't take long. Even with the kids, we can get through it in uh, 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think if you bite off more than you can uh, chew, that sets us up for discouragement and you know, the tempter really likes discouragement Mm -hmm. Um, it plays into his plan to get, just get us to drop the thing altogether, right? And so that, that, that's I think it is important. I think um, for myself um, this year, for uh, fasting, um, a friend of mine talked me into giving up alcohol, and but I'm only doing it for three days, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, and Sunday, which are for me probably especially Saturday night is probably the hardest one because I can't remember the last time I didn't have a drink on Saturday night, maybe if I was sick or something. But, <laughs> so the urge is really strong on s- Saturday night, but it's only three days that I have to do it. And then um, I get a little break and then it's back to the three days again. So I think it's more uh, manageable. Maybe next year I'll do six days.
2: Well, I think one thing too that helps is having somebody to kind of hold you accountable especially with our, our rosary and stuff, my husband definitely holds me accountable and I hold him accountable on days when you're just not feeling like doing it or when we started praying together um, before we go to bed at night and I struggle because I'm just tired all the time. But, you know, he's like, no, we got to, we're going to pray. We're going to do our journaling and examination of conscience and do our liturgy, of the hour, night prayer and everything. And it doesn't take long it's, again like 15 minutes maybe, but just having each other hold each other accountable when one is feeling like they don't want to, the other one drags you along.
0: Which is, you know, the, the church is um, thinking about this. We're all going on a retreat together, this these 40 days of Lent. And so we're all doing this together. And it is best if we have somebody, you know, a spouse or a friend or whatever, Um, Who kind of helps us in that journey, that we help each other, really. Um, And then I think when we gather together um, in the church um, to pray, we have that visible reminder of all of us together that, you know, we're all doing this together, and we're all praying for each other to have a, a fruitful Lent. So that's really at the heart of what the 40 days of Lent is all about, that we're doing this together.
1: I was, you know, the last time we recorded this podcast, we had Father Adam Streitenberger from the diocese on, and I was just so struck by his saying that, you know, like a couple days before Lent, a week before he had gone up to carry, pray and ask Our Lady to sort of help him like figure out what it was that he would make the Lent most fruitful for for him spiritually. Well, that was like Mardi Gras when we recorded. So it's not like I could, I mean, I guess I could have like, if I really had thought about it taken that day to do it, but I was in the midst of other things, and of course, I, that's not how I roll, I don't process like that, so so here I am, like, two weeks in the Lent, right, and I'm like, is it, a, is it, Father, do you think it's okay for us to, like, sort of reassess, like, when we've made a commitment to, like, like take time to reassess, like, it, is this really going to do what I want it to do, should I make tweaks on what my, Absolutely, what
0: my... yeah, absolutely, and to get feedback from others, right, Mm-hmm. How I'm doing, um, or you know, to give a report on how mm-hmm. I think I am doing so far. So yeah, I think um, that that's the whole point of the 40 days. Is we've got lots of time to work at this and um, and tweak it if if need be. You know, 40 days is is very symbolic in the scriptures. It's, uh, that a perfect amount of time that God gives uh, us or any any of His people that he's called to a particular task or mission. It's the perfect amount of time to, you know, complete that task. It doesn't, uh, that doesn't mean that you can't kind of reassess things along the way. Certainly, yeah. I mean, even, you know, the prophets had to reconsult God along the way. Hey, this isn't working out so great for your people. And, you know, had to get that encouragement or a little uh, tweak in the, in the approach uh, that the prophet was supposed to take. So I think, yeah, it's, it makes perfect sense to do that
1: good another thing that i've been sort of pondering is you know at advent we talk about penitential also but less than lent is and it i always think of it as like a time to like make room for jesus like do i have room for him in my heart and lent seems there obviously is a greater intensity it's a longer season six weeks instead of the four weeks of advent and sometimes those four weeks are really short four weeks because of when Christmas falls was thinking that Lent is more like really asking Jesus to like grow our faith to grow in us so that we become other Christs in a way. And so like these practices of prayer, fasting and almsgiving are practices that would hopefully fill us more and make us more like Christ rather than, and so there, we are all like little mini John the Baptists sort of saying, you know, I must decrease so that he can increase.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree, um, Julie. I think that Advent's focus um, is more on making room for Jesus in our lives to enter in, just as he entered in, um, you know, to our world um, through his birth, that we're making a little more room for him to enter into our lives. So I think Lent, the focus is work now, maybe a little bit, uh, of a maturing of that approach, where we're entering more into the life of Jesus, um, particularly his suffering, his his sacrifice and passion, um, so that again, you know, allowing that 40 days, that perfect amount of time, uh, maybe to to break a bad habit of vice and replace it with a good habit of virtue, that we become more like uh, him um, in visibly how our lives look because we've entered more into the life of. Jesus, and then by the time we get to Easter, hopefully, um, we're actually better prepared to rejoice uh, in that new life that uh, he brings us.
2: I think, too, in, in, in Lent, we slow down. In Advent, you know, with, I think, just with our culture and with Christmas coming and everything, it's like you're going at, you know, a million miles an hour. But in Lent, I feel like I really take the time to stop. And slow down and try to be more intentional with my time and spending time, you know, with the Lord in some way throughout the day. Just putting other things aside and making room to, I don't know, just let Him talk to me and, and learn from His example in the scripture. Um, in our Bible study right now, we're talking about Martha and, you know, He's she's busy trying to do everything around the house. And he's like, just stop. You know, Mary is sitting here and she, you know, she's got the better part. She's listening. She's you know, learning. And then later when Lazarus dies and Jesus comes, Martha greets him and is, you know, you you can do anything, Lord. Like her, her faith has increased and she's, she's been taught by him. You know, she became open and teachable. And I think that's something that, we can do this Lent.
1: Yeah, I'm so I'm reading a book, um, this Lent, called This Present Paradise, and it's um, by Claire Dwyer. It's on the uh, spiritual journey of Saint Elizabeth of the Trinity, and the in the fifth chapter, because I'm only five chapters in at this point of Lent, she talks about how Elizabeth of the Trinity realized, like many of our saints, that every part of our life can be offered to the Lord and become a means of us growing closer to him. So even, you know, even if your life, you know, you've got a bunch of kids and, or you have a parish that you're taking care of, right? Father, like everything that we do can be offered to him out of love. And that that is what creates the opportunity for us to become more like Christ. Like, like that rosary is a fantastic thing. And we'll definitely, you know, like has the opportunity to create greater holiness in us as we offer that prayer, but also, you know, doing the dishes or, I don't know, Father, what do you do that you get to offer up (laughs) as a a parish priest, that the Lord can be at work in the midst of that. And so maybe it's less about what, what we're doing and more about how we're doing it, the intention with which what we're doing, which I think is kind of the, like to check you say, oh, I've given up my chocolate for Lent or whatever. Which, for some person, that might be a really good thing for them to do. That might really actually lead them to holiness. For if I'm just checking that box off, it's probably not going to have the effect that I ultimately long for.
0: Yeah, I think that focus on charity or being more loving is that's really the whole point of, of alms giving, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just giving money to those who who need it, but it's doing things out of love you know being more free uh, with our love you mentioned well, what am I doing um, I was thinking about Father Peter is really quick to unload the dishwasher and so I got to try I try and beat him that's a hard thing to do <laughs> one thing it's easy to just lay back because he does it uh, so quickly but you know just try to look for that opportunity to jump <laughs> ahead and get it unloaded before he does would be my charity uh, towards him
2: there you go there you go
1: so, do you have to have any experiences that you'd be willing to share with us about, like really fruitful Lent's or times when you really felt like, oh yeah, that was really good, and like you really like that transformation that we sort of all long for in terms of like habits and like happened for
2: you? I think any I give up social media for Lent, it is amazingly fruitful because I don't I don't think I realize how much time I waste doing pointless things on my phone or, you know, looking at random things that don't matter <laughs> until it's gone. And I'm like, oh, I have all this time now. Like, okay, let me be more intentional with this this mm-hmm. time. So anytime I do that, I think that it lasts past Lent a little bit longer. And I feel myself grow a little bit more.
0: Which I think, Brooke, you bring up a good point, The You know, all of our efforts during Lent are meant to – Go on past Lent. I mean, we're just doing things more intentionally, as you say, now during Lent that we should be doing all the time. And so, hopefully, these things get a little more ingrained in us, and and you know, we carry them on into the Easter season um, as well. I was for myself. I think anything, any efforts that I've made at trying to uh, do some spiritual reading, uh, which I'm trying to do uh, again this this Lent. Um, more faithfully every day something we'll read a little bit of something even if it's only you know a few paragraphs um we like we talked it's just do it in small bits and some some days maybe i'll get a chapter read um but to do something and then um you know to benefit from that spiritual reading it it, it is kind of good the insights that sometimes we can get when we just put a little effort into doing some good reading and sometimes that comes out in a homily, an idea that I have for a homily. So um, it, it, yeah, I think that bears fruit, not just for me, but for others.
1: Mm-hmm. So one, this is really sad that this experience goes back so far because it was um, when my two oldest boys who are now 26 and 24 were about uh, four and two or five and three years old, I just realized how often I relied on yelling when they when they were like if they were doing something i didn't want them to do when i was in the kitchen i would just yell for them to to stop or whatever you correct them in that way and if i you know got frustrated i would i would yell i would scream at them and i was just like you know this is not really what i want and i just thought you know what if i had my windows open i don't know that i would behave that way like i wouldn't want people to hear me screaming at my kids all the time right so i decided that um i would give up yelling for lent Because of that, I like really had to work at other ways of communicating with them. It forced me instead of sitting on the couch when they were doing something that they shouldn't be doing to like get up off the couch, go over to them, you know, get down on their level and explain, you know, correct them in some different way, or, you know, it just required a little bit more of me. And that habit actually stayed with me pretty much through all of my parenting years. And that I, like those practices that I developed as an alternative to yelling, stuck around. Um, yeah, so, so lucky um, last three kids didn't have screaming mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I say that had a pretty lasting effect.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I need to, I need to follow your example.
1: <laughs> your kids are little. They, if if you they you they won't even remember the alternative. I know.
2: I know there <laughs> I try my husband always reminds me, he's like, What if Jesus was sitting right there and you were just screaming at them? Okay, well now I feel really bad. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so but like I said, that was many, many like it was like twenty years ago. So I don't know. I'm sure hopefully there's been something fruitful since then. I mean the the lent that I gave up like all coffee and alcohol and I just was like, it was basically a water fast. I've never done that again. <laughs> that was not a fruitful, <laughs> fruitful Lent for me. It was hard. I don't think being- but The rest
0: of the family weighed in and said, don't ever do that again. <laughs> right.
1: Don't ever go off coffee again, mom. <laughs> yeah, any other last thoughts before we uh, we uh, sign off today?
0: One thought that I, I always, um, Think of during Lent is what Saint. Augustine uh, says about uh, these three things the, that you know prayer fasting and almsgiving. he says that uh, fasting and almsgiving are the two wings of prayer, and so meaning that they make our prayers rise up uh, maybe even more quickly uh, to God um, and it also shows God you know how much we really want this thing that we 're asking for. Um, to let them know how, how much we're willing to invest in this prayer through our uh, fasting and almsgiving. So the three go together um, like wings on a bird.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for that. So I guess our takeaway today, or just a reminder for all of our listeners today would just be to, you know, take a couple minutes in the next week to consider, you know, the prayer, fasting, and almsgiving that you've been undertaken this Lent and consider the motivations that you have, you know, bearing the fruit that you hope it would be. If it's realistic, if it needs to be tweaked, and then if you don't yet have that person to be accountable to, um, find them, you know, find a Lenten prayer partner. Well, thanks, Brooke and Father, for being with me this week. And that's this week's St. Matthew Moment.